Welcome to Limitless Love. I'm your host, Sony. I help powerful women find the love they deserve by cultivating more sensuality, playfulness, and abundance in their romantic lives. Are you a successful woman who is killing it in her career but can't seem to get it together when it comes to men and dating? You are used to being recognized as being the best at what you do. You've got a condo, maybe a shiny new car. You take fabulous girls trips around the world, spend your weekends wine tasting and shopping. From the outside looking in, you seem to have it all. But you're missing real romantic connection. It feels like every man you meet is wrong for you. You are meeting men who are intimidated by your success, emotionally unavailable, and you have convinced yourself that it will never happen for you. Well, I've got good news for you, babe. You're dead wrong. Real, authentic love is waiting for you. You can have it all. I know this because I have been in your shoes. In this podcast, I will help you on your path to love by sharing my expert guidance, tips and techniques. You are meant for love. You are meant to have it all. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, hey, my loves. Welcome to another episode of The Limitless Love. Today on the show with me, I have Melissa Ledger. She's a relationship expert and creator of Gumball Love and Back to You Academy. I was introduced to Melissa just a few weeks back by Kara Alwell, and I'm so happy that Melissa and my paths crossed. Melissa is doing some amazing work out there, and it's my pleasure to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. So good to have you. Yay. Yay. So when Kara talked to me about you, she told me about Gumball Love, and I was so intrigued by it. And I had to go look it up, listen to your very first episode. And I was like, I just had to know what Gumball Love is all about. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I cringe at you listening to the first, very first podcast. So everyone listening, if you go to that one, don't judge. <laughs> oh no, it was amazing. <laughs> it was these light bulb moments. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a long journey. I think I've started the very beginning of this about 11 years ago, going on 12 years ago, and I very, very first started even thinking about gumball love. And it came from a flippant comment from a divorce lawyer who said, every time he puts in a quarter, you give him a gumball. Stop giving him gumballs. And I tell that longer version of that story, but it was basically a guy that was trying to get attention from a girl he was divorcing. And the the lawyer just called it a gumball. And I thought, that's an interesting way to look at it. He's texting her and trying to get under her skin. And, but I, I, you know, we think of a gumball, it's like, well, it's a, it's a happy candy. It's gum. It's, you know, all the fun colors. And, and I just thought, why is he looking at the 
interaction like that, you know, he's putting in the quarter. So he's doing something to get her to give him Mm -hmm. attention, which is ultimately what the gumball is, is attention. And over time, I finally narrowed these to eight flavors of attention where the whole brand is about, is he seeking attention or is he seeking connection? Is he interested in you or is he interested in the sugar highs you can provide? So does he want you to, and I'm going through the flavors, does he want you to entertain you or entertain him, feel sorry for him, chase him? Does he like drama? Do you feel like you're always proving yourself? Do you feel like he's always wanting you to up level with sexy photos? Do you feel like you're competing with another woman for him? There's many, eight different categories I have this broken down into. And so the whole purpose of my brand and my goal and purpose in life is to help women quickly figure that out. Is this guy worth my time? Should I, is he investing in me? Is he getting to know me for who I am? Or am I feeling like he's putting in a quarter for me to give him some kind of a sugar high? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like I have dated every flavor of the gumball (laughs) man. (laughs) I know. And some of them need all of the flavors. You know, some yeah. guys you're like, oh yeah, I do feel like he was always bringing up the X. And then he was like, can you send me a pic? Where other guys were the the pity party guy, you know, oh, things are just down and out. And you want, you were always feeling sorry for him and you were helping him. And then maybe he wanted you to give him compliments all the time. So as I teach this, you you can see all the different flavors uh, mm-hmm. it, it, some guys have every single addiction. They want all of it all the time. And they're the worst and the, the easiest to figure out. But yes. other times there's the, I felt, uh, for a guy that really was in a pity party constantly, cause I felt so bad for him and he really had legitimate things that were wrong. But over time I realized, oh, this is just all we're going to do is feel sorry for you. And then as I caught on to that, I realized, there was nothing about me. There was nothing about our relationship. It was just, I, we were, we're feeling sorry for you every day. And it's so easy to get sucked into that when you are physically attracted to them and you've had a nice, you know, if the beginning was nice and you had that attraction and then you start getting deeper and deeper, it's harder yes. for us to see these signs. Right, right. I can I could really connect with um, the sex me up, like the red gumball. I felt mm-hmm. like I was in a phase where that was all I was attracting. Mm-hmm. It was just like so frustrating at that point. <laughs> yes. Well, it's it's the quickest way for attention. So if we're attracting the guy that wants the red gumball, which is the, the, the sex gumball uh, or anything sex related, it's, it's the quickest way to bypass real intimacy. So intimacy, some people think as, well, we were intimate, we have sex, but intimacy is the friendship, the closeness. And so exactly, yes. if, I'm, if I'm not interested in that and I want to quickly make things intense and get you all hot for me and really, and the, the key word is intense. If I want a guy to be intense toward me, or, or if he wants you to be intensely attracted to him, mm-hmm. and introduce sex, which let's face it, you know, you get those things, you get the hormones pumping, then all of a sudden your all of your interaction is sexual and that can be really exciting. But if there's not also intimacy building, friendship, conversations that are going on unaware, unrelated to that, then you can quickly identify, okay. And, and, and this is what saved me through so many bad relationships. I'd be attracted yes. to him. 
But then I'd be like, okay, this is gumball guy. He just wants sex, sex, sex. And there, if I try to talk about anything that's important to me or, you know, politics, religion, current events, Mm -hmm. uh, a book I read, whatever, a movie that I was really interested in, if those topics are always boring to him or he loses attention span pretty quickly, Mm -hmm. then you know, oh, he's just... Right. Right. And they always circle back to the same conversation, right? Like, sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you wearing? What are you doing? Oh, I love... you know, Or even when you're in person, you'll see them kind of disconnect from the conversation a little bit and then they start looking at your mouth. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, okay, that's nice, but you're, I'm actually speaking about something. And then you're like, I, I call it the leg humper syndrome where all of a sudden they're down. It's like, it's as if he became a mini <laughs> version that. and he's down there like uh, 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 on your leg and like, you know what? Can you not hump my leg right now? Cause I would really like, I love that. <laughs> Everyone remembers the leg humper, but leg humper. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it shows a lack of maturity, right? Like if he can't yes. focus and, and, and look, guys are guys, they're going to do this. But when you, it usually most guys or a lot of good guys, they can hold this behavior in until they've gotten to know, like they know right. they might be thinking it, but they're never going to show it or they're never going to uh, right, let right. that out. But so the right. guy that does, he has no control. He has, you know, cause they probably are looking at your mouth and thinking all the right. thoughts, right. but they need to, you know, come on, bring it in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I tell women. I'm like, if they bring up like sex on your first, second date, Mm -hmm. mm, red flag, you got to just run. (laughs) Yeah, because it's, it's jumping, it shows a lack of patience to build the appropriate foundation. And great sex does not happen when you don't know each other. Absolutely. So, yes. You know, like yes. it, it can be okay. I'm not saying you can't have mind blowing sex with a guy that you just met. I'm sure it can happen. Yes. I've actually asked guys that are extremely sexually active and they say, no, it's not possible. Like they will literally say, yeah, I, I asked a guy who was a huge player, an ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was almost like a exit interview. I said, so, you know, okay. So you're this player with all these women, but who are you really connecting with? Like, who's the really great sex happening with? And he was like, well, somebody I actually care about. Like, exactly. It's just... Right, right. Otherwise, it's like more fun for them. It's like play for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not yeah. about connection. Mm-hmm. Not at that early stage. Well, it's just the physical part, right? Right, I mean, right. So if you just want an orgasm and you want no connection, you can do that. But if if you really want great sex, then it's going to be when you really know each other, when you can communicate with each other about sex and you can actually feel it is about connection, but it's communication and getting comfortable on all those levels. That's when the intimacy comes in and intimacy, there's sex with intimacy is where all of the best. Yes. That's where, that's where, that's where the true magic and all the fireworks happen. Yes, 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 yes. Because as women, we connect with sex versus men, they only connect with sex once they are emotionally invested in you. Mm -hmm. So I feel, and what I have noticed is that once women have sex, and if it's too early in dating, then they start getting attached. And then the way they show up in front of a man just changes. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder, oh, what happened? 
Right. Right. So and yes, I totally am with you on that, that in early stages, it's just like for fun. It's not, it's not intimacy. Yeah. It's not intimacy. Now I, whenever I say this, I always think of, I have a couple, uh, a friend that I know who met this guy and this guy is the nicest guy. Like you would, he is not a gumball guy at all. Okay. I wish I could get them to, I might be able to get them to interview on my, my podcast. Actually, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if they would do it or not, but they were, they just were, uh, you know, they were the friends with benefits and right. that's how the relationship started. However, it just, it did grow into real love. And now they've had, now they have two kids. Oh, wow. So, so and I'm not saying this because I want everyone to have, you know, I, I would love for everyone to wait as long as they can to have sex because yeah, it it shows a tremendous respect for yourself to not just put your body out for him to use. And then not that you're not, you know, willing and in, in a, uh, what's the word? Consensual. It's not, not that it's not consensual, but it's like uh, the Brene Brown, you know, when someone earns the right to hear your story, yes. you don't tell everybody things. To, so absolutely, yes. Did he actually get to have sex with you? If if you want that, that's up to you. But right. you're taking the risk that this could be his gumball versus exactly. Way, he and he may try to get to know you after sex. However, if you can see him seeking and getting high off of the attention, mm-hmm. not really paying attention to you as the person then the chances of that sex come turning into something good or long-term, it's extremely low. So we just, we can be looking for these signs. Even if you're the type of girl that's like, nope, Melissa, I'm going to have the one night stands. I'm going to risk it. Then I, even I, I want that girl to at least still be looking for, okay, is he, is he getting high off of just the act or is there any other engagement on any other level? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And if, if as a girl, you just want to have that one night stand or just have fun and you're able to handle it like a rock star, then I guess there's not, nothing wrong in it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know any girls that can handle it. Like exactly. Like exactly. Down when you're late at night. Yes. Yeah. Not me either. And that's the reason why I waited for about nine months before I had sex when I was dating my now husband. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, because I know how can, how connected I feel when I have sex with a man and I waited and I, when I felt that he's really emotionally connected with me, he's emotionally invested in me. And that's when I'm like, okay, (laughs) now we can. He always till this day makes fun and, you know, just teases me. You made me wait too long. (laughs) (laughs) But you are worth the wait. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, Melissa, something I experienced this weekend that made me kind of realize that this gumball effect is not just in romantic relationships. So I will share a story with you. My kids don't talk to their dad. And um, it was my son's birthday on Friday. Mm-hmm. So I think that dad texted him and b- wishing him. So he's not been speaking to his dad for now, I would say like, oh my gosh, three years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and his dad texted me saying, oh, I'm not sure if he's going to notice the message, but just wanted to wish him and tell him to acknowledge the wishes and talk to his grandparents too. And then his mom called wishing him 
she had tried to call him first. He didn't pick up. And then I get the message, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I realized, I'm like, I was going in my head, should I respond? Should I not respond? Because they always try to bring me in. My son is 23. I cannot force him to have a relationship with anyone. He's an adult. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when it struck me that, and this has been going on for years, Melissa. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is gumball effect. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they are putting in a quarter and expecting me to respond. And it really frustrates me. I get agitated. I get pissed. And up until this time, I always responded to them. For his parents, I felt like, oh, they are older. It's respectful. Like, I should return the call. But every time I would talk to them, they would bring back the past, why the kids are not talking to us, so on and so forth, right? This was the first time I'm like, shit, this is what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, I love those moments. Oh, I love hearing that. I'm like, okay. And that's when I thought of you. I'm like, no, I am not going to respond. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping this is going to stop. <laughs> Did you respond? No, I didn't. I was so proud of myself. Oh, it's amazing. And were they, did they pursue you without the response or were they like, are you not going to say anything or what was? Nothing. There's response? silence. Okay. I haven't heard anything. That's amazing. Not yet. <laughs> you know, this is a perfect example of when you feel or see the quarter go in and you don't give the gumball, what you notice in your body is you re- you retain or preserve your energy. Oh my and God, yes. Because it takes energy, be- because they'll come, the quarter is sometimes like, I want you, I have the white gumball is prove yourself to me. Okay. So they, a lot of times when it's, non-romantic or romantic, either one, there's this sense of, I'm going to put this quarter in that says, well, I feel like you're X, Y, Z, or a mm-hmm. lot of my single mom clients and friends. I remember this happening to my friends where their ex would say something like, well, you're a bad mother because you do X, Y, Z. And then it would prompt her to then defend herself. So now she's proving that she's a good mother. And so the energy that that takes when proving it, why to him who just randomly come when actually he was the bad father, right? This is always the deadbeat dad who's not showing up and then picking one thing that she did wrong because he knows it's going to get under her skin or it may even be something that isn't wrong, but he's creating that feeling. And she know he knows that she's sensitive to it. It's like only good moms are offended by being called (laughs) bad mom. You know, it's like, (laughs) so I, I would watch this and, and so then over time, they just don't respond. The the ex husband, you know, the baby daddy gets no mm-hmm. no response. Huh? I I guess it's, it's. I always say, channel your inner Courtney Kardashian. You know, yeah, he just, he just <laughs> stares with no expression, and it's so annoying. They all, you know, all of her sisters make fun of her because it's like it's just she's monotone, and there's no gratification in that response. It's just a dead, you know cow in the pasture look. And that drives them crazy because you're giving zero energy because it's not, they are not worth the response. Oh, it's so hard. I mean, yes, this is, this was, I mean, I still feel at this. I'm not, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I still feel like I need to, you know, people get under your skin and you feel like you need to prove a point. Yes. And yes. And then you give them the gumball 
and then they get what what we don't understand a lot of times is these people get high off of our response to them even if it's negative if he yes. can, if he can get you to fight with him he likes it and that's oh, yes where it first came up i was watching i was listening to this girl tell a story about she was fighting with her husband she was divorcing mm-hmm. texts were getting her riled up and that's what he wanted he wasn't he wasn't even yeah, he wasn't even yeah. discussing the actual topic right he just wanted right. to keep her arguing with him Right. Yeah. I had that totally going on in my previous marriage. And when we were getting divorced, it's, it was like, now when I think of it, I'm like, oh my God, such an, I was such an idiot. <laughs> it's so but hard. If you it is, it is. On, you're just, you're just defending yourself. You feel yes. like, you feel like, uh, I remember thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I, I love you so much. And you think this, these things about me and it would just be so hurtful. And, and I would think, oh my God, what have I done? to make him think this. And I I will never forget one of my exes like, "Well, you're just you're just a selfish person." And and finally out of pure exhaustion, I said, "Well, if this is selfish to you, this is me giving 110%. So if my 110% is selfish, this is all I've got." And he just stared at me and he goes, "Well, I love you even in spite of that." I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> You love me. I, I said, I, I'm like, so you love me even though you think I'm a selfish person. You're willing to be with someone you think is selfish. And he was like, yeah. Like, wh- why would you do that? I, I said, I can't respect you if you don't respect me. I can't even respect that. And he just, he was stuck. And I realized later, sadly not in that moment, but mm-hmm. I realized later, oh, so if I no longer play into giving, oh, I don't mean to be selfish. And then I would try to do all the things to prove that I wasn't. When I stopped doing that, it was game over. Yeah. That struck with me. It just stayed with me over and over again. Like, oh, okay. So you love me anyway. Even You know what I mean? It was just like, it wasn't because I was selfish. He just wanted to keep accusing me. So I would keep working extra hard to prove my love to him. Right. Always adoring him and doing things for him, which makes him the selfish person, right? Right, right, that, right. That which you accuse others, you're guilty of yourself. And so I started to realize that that was the game. And ultimately then I realized, well, then you don't actually love me for who I am. You are basically saying you love me, but you think I'm selfish. So the people that actually do love me do not think these things of me. And that's where I, I teach my girls, look at the people that love you, that are your friends, mm-hmm. your sister, your mom, your best friends, your coworkers. What do they think of you? Right. Do they ever accuse you of these things that your boyfriend or your ex accused you of? And if they do, then you might have areas to look at. But if nobody's telling you these things, but one dude that you met on Tinder, right? who cares what he thinks? But it's amazing. We can, we will block out what all the people that really matter say. And yes. we'll focus on this one dude we met online three months ago, and now we are putting our whole worth and value in his opinion. Right, right. So, you know, it's interesting that you, you said that. So I, I tell my women, I tell them that always keep, I call it a jar of love. And the people who are closest to you, ask them, what's, what do they like about you? Mm-hmm. you know, just put those positive words that you hear from your close friends, your family, your 
coworkers, whoever it is, right? And fill the jar with those positive words. And when you, um, when such situations happen, when somebody says something mean to you or calls you selfish or whatever it is, open up the jar and fill yourself up with the love that's in the jar, mm, right? We are, we are so hard on ourselves. We only focus on the negative. We forget all the positive things people have told us. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's, and this is really the process of self-love, you know, it's it's becoming kind of cliche and overused. And now self-love has been sort of rolling up into bubble baths and essential oils. And it's, I mean, that's great, but that's not like loving yourself is journaling around these things and Mm -hmm. really challenging these thoughts and choosing to walk away from unhealthy relationships. So often loving self is, is a tough process because it forces us to make really good decisions, but they're not easy. I mean, self-love is working out, eating right. They're, they're difficult right. things to do, but we, when we choose to love ourselves, we always feel better. Right. Uh, but yeah, this is, these are those tough decisions. Like self-love is blocking him on social media because it, you're doing harm to yourself by going and looking at the social media, but yes, because yes. we want to go look, but yeah, yeah. Just, am I loving myself? If I'm doing this, I'm not right. And yeah. So to me, like, those are the things. Yeah. Like even saying no, I feel that, and I used to be that way. It was so hard for me to say no to people. just being a people pleaser, whether it was in my relationships with men or just otherwise, even, uh, I feel like, women find it so hard to say no, like, no, I am not going to go out on a date at 9 p.m. If you call me last minute, no, I'm not going to come to your house for the first few days. Just saying no and knowing that it increases their value in front of a man when they set boundaries and say no. That's such a huge part of self-love, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. But I'm just loving our conversation, Melissa. (laughs) Me too. This is so great. So so once women identify this gumball man, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Internally, we may recognize it, but somehow we are still attracted to those kind of men. Mm -hmm. So how do you, like, what's your advice to those women who even though they recognize or they see the signs of a gumball man, how do you help them to not feel that pull, that attraction towards those kind of men? So it's a great question. And it's, it's a couple of different things. So we've talked about loving ourselves. So to me, this is, it's almost like if I have, if I have a car in, in New York and I have a car in California and we're going to drive and we're going to meet in the middle, then one car is driving self-love and the other one is driving awareness mm-hmm. of his action. So we, we have to be aware of him, but we have to be aware of ourselves. And so for a long time, gumball love was all about knowing the signs of a gumball guy and really being aware of what that looks like. Right. But then as I grew as, mm-hmm. a, as a woman, as a person, I started to realize what I was doing to attract these guys. Right. And so... It's it's hard to button up into one podcast, but if I if I have to quantify it, 
being aware of the signs and say, if you're in a relationship with a gumball guy right now, I have women that are in that process of observation. So I don't say, okay, you're with a gumball guy. You need to leave. I never coach my clients in that way. You have, you will leave when you are ready. And just like in your story, you know, you, you can't just, it, because you, you've made an investment, even if it's for a short period of time, a few months is still going to, it's, we cannot shut off the feeling of love or care or, you know, the investment that we've made into a person. And once we start to see these signs, it's a heartbreak that starts to happen because you're, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. I I don't want to believe that this is the kind of guy he is. Right. So when you see these signs, I think it's important to take time and observe them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, what I would do is I would try to gross myself out or I would prove to myself that this is what I was seeing. So I would tell long stories to see, are they going to stay engaged? And it doesn't mean that because I, I now have the love of my life and I can tell him a long story and sometimes I do lose him. <laughs> and so and then I think, what is this story about? Maybe this is a story for my sister or one of my girlfriends, but 90, 90% of the time he's there, he's responding, you know, and then sometimes I'm not always a hundred percent present either. So I, I say these things to, to remind us that even the, the best guy, you know, you, I can be scrolling social media when he's talking and think, Oh my God, I, I I don't even know what he's saying right now. And he's guilty of the same thing. Yeah. We're human beings, right? Oh yes. (laughs) Sometimes I'm completely mad that he's doing it. And then I realize, Oh my God, I'm doing the thing that I've judged him for. So there's normal amounts of that, but I'm talking about if on a more regular basis where Mm -hmm. you are not able to keep his attention, I want you to I want you to just keep testing it. So this is when you do not play games, but you actually see, okay, am I able to interact with him if I don't involve sex in the conversation? Right. Am I able to interact with him if there's no drama? Mm -hmm. Because the guy that says I can't deal with drama loves drama. It's always the case. Uh, Yes. People that don't like drama don't talk about it. (laughs) They just, it doesn't occur to them to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so like the yellow gumball, can I talk to my guy without feeling like I have to entertain him? Uh huh. So can I just, can I just be tired and just talk and be like, Oh, this has been a rough day. What have you been doing? Is there a sense of peace or uh-huh. do I feel amped up? Now I will tell you after years of dating gumball guys, when you date or you're with the right guy, you're going to feel yourself trying to entertain. Yes. And the the good guy will not know that you're trying to do this. And so I have had many times where I'll be like, wow, I'm totally trying to entertain him and he is not. And then I'll stop doing it. And the response is exactly the same (laughs) what I'm doing. And I'll, I'll see myself just bouncing all over the room like a fool. And and I feel it in my own body. Yes. Yes. This is the stuff I'm able to observe about myself. And then I'll journal it and I'll be like, okay, again, in this conversation, what was I doing? Why was I trying to do that? Right. Because this becomes a habit. You feel like you have to entertain, you feel like you have to chase them. You totally get, I totally get you. Yeah, I totally get you. You know, when you made that point that uh, when you are used 
to dating just gumball men. And when a quality man shows up, who's not a gumball man, you just find it so boring, right? You feel like you have to entertain. So every period of silence feels like, oh, this is boring. Like Mm -hmm. I have to say something. I have to speak up. I have to do that. So this was when I was still dating Larry. It was initial months of us dating. And I was still working with my coach at that time for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember going up to her and saying, you know, there are periods of silence when we are together. Is that normal? Like, she said, what do you think? And mm-hmm. um, I said, no, that's not normal. She's like, it is very normal. She's like, that's how love grows. It grows in silence. Mm. I'm like, yes. And I just made myself uncomfortable and just give that space Mm -hmm. if there was a period of silence I'd just enjoy the silence I'll just like you know look around admire the beauty of the place we are at or whatever but it's so true that when a nice guy comes into our life at first it feels boring and if we just follow our conditioning and our patterns then we just lose that guy right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah because that the good guy doesn't connect with he doesn't understand what's going on because he's he's not bored yes we are so used to silence means you're bored I've got to fill the silence I must not be good enough and then we create all this anxiety and so I I coach in all these different aspects from you know, before, if you're dating or you're you're in the relationship, but then I I realized a lot of my girls like, oh my god, I've got a good guy and I don't know what to do. And so a lot of what I do is coach them how to keep the guy because yes, <laughs> and, it, and it's not that he's going to run away, but you can chase a good guy away because you know yes. you got you got a little as my as my friend Shannon says, you can get your crazy shined up pretty good. Yep. And then, <laughs> you know, then all of a sudden the guy's like, I I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he starts to feel like he he doesn't know how to solve these problems that you might be having. Of I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like you're bored. You know, I've said these things because it's it's so deeply in me. And so, you know, good guys have much more patience through this. Yes, I have seen girls abuse good men because they don't know what to do with them. Yeah. And so the the self love and the work that we do on ourselves is critical because you can't just know the signs of a bad guy. And then the good guy comes in like a Hallmark movie and, you know, makes everything all good again. Right. And then you push him away. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood, I I wrote this down on my big yellow sticky here in my office. It says that the guy, the gumball guy is, has the sugar high. He's addicted to the sugar high of attention and validation. And we live in the hope that they can fight the addiction and gain an appetite for true love. That's Hollywood right there. Yep. Like, oh, this guy is going to, he's going to realize his bad ways. He's going to see your value. In, and all of a sudden, this sugar cravings that he's had forever are going to go away. And now he's going to have the appetite for true love. It doesn't happen. Yep. It, it can happen. It's just like a drug addict. They have to learn how to live with real life and not getting high. So they have to go to therapy. Yes. You have help 
They cannot do this by themselves. And so it's the same process. So it doesn't mean that everyone's like, can the gumball guy change? Sure. A, a drug addict can change too if they see what they're doing, if they get the help that they need. So if I met my significant other and I had not done any of the work I've done on my own, we would not be together today because I would have been too erratic. I would have been too, uh, I wouldn't have been able to ride out moments of silence or, you know, sometimes we disagree. And when we disagree, it doesn't mean we're breaking up, but that, that is what it means with a gumball guy. When you're right. disagreeing, you're breaking up. And so you're not allowed to disagree because then he takes that as huge rejection. Where as a good guy, I mean, he, they, they're not, they're not afraid to disagree with you, which Absolutely. will feel weird to you, you know? Yes. And that's, that's in my case too. If I hadn't done all the work that I did, I won't be with my husband right now. And I won't have been able to, even if we were together, I won't have been able to handle those discussions or I wouldn't even call it arguments, just disagreeing, having a difference of opinion or a different point of view. So that's a great point that you brought up that, um, yes, doing the work on ourselves makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. It's, it's all the difference in the world. And so I think we have to do both. It's the, it's, it's a, and it's not one before the other. It's at the same time where I have to look at, and and it's look, not every woman can do this. I've realized that my clients are the ones and your clients too. They're probably the ones that are willing to look at themselves. Yes. And it feels scary. Like, Oh man, why we think, Oh, why am I attracting these guys? There must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But that's the biggest mistake we can make is think thinking there's something wrong. Right. Why does it have to mean that there's something wrong? It's just this has been your experience, and so right. right. It's you just, are, yeah, yeah. It's just our conditioning, right? It's mm-hmm. that's what has been modeled to us. That's what we have seen. Yes, and it takes a while to. It took me a while. I mean, you know, of course, I, I quote unquote created Gumball Love. But even as the creator and in building this from the ground up of mm-hmm. you know identifying these categories of sugar highs and and what people were willing to do and you know all of these patterns and behaviors, I still had to come to terms with I, I still had to come to terms with all of it, right? I had to I had to see it over time. And it was, I guess what I'm trying to explain is it was a very sad reveal for a lot of people. You're like, I would see someone go, Oh no, they're a gumball person. So I try to communicate and she doesn't, or he doesn't really hear me. And so there's not a real intimacy. There's not a real connection here. It's, I I started to realize uh, with certain people, I'm talking and you're talking, you're talking and I'm talking, but we're not really communicating. Right. You know, it's like the person who always tells a story about what you just said. Mm -hmm. You're not really hearing what I said. Now you're just telling another story and it's not, yes, you, you took something like, oh, I had a great golf game. Oh, really? Oh yeah. I used to play golf instead of, oh, how'd your golf game go? Exactly. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> where'd you play golf? Oh, did you, have you played golf for a long time? Or, you know, where, who did you play with? Oh yeah. You play in a league. Oh, how long have you been in the league? That's somebody that's wanting to get to know you instead exactly. of, oh yeah, I, I, I've played golf too. It's like, that's not really connect, That's not connecting and communicating. Exactly. And I started, I started to see that on dates where it was like, yes. oh yeah, we're not really communicating, even though you're cute. 
now I see you for what you're doing. And then the attraction would be very, I would start to be unattracted to them quickly. Right. And that right. felt amazing. Right. And you know, um, it's a good point. And I teach my girls this too. It can go the other way around too. And um, like, you know, we as women are so used to living in the masculine paradigm, right? And because a lot of my coaching is around masculine and feminine energy, I have to coach my girls to listen. Like you said, you know, how guys, women, oh, you had you played golf. Oh, I used to do it too. So something similar, but I find that as women, because we are so used to living in the masculine paradigm, that competitiveness comes in, or we're trying to prove, hey, I know this too. Mm-hmm. And that's not where connection happens. So I'm absolutely agree with you that it's not just about having a conversation. It's about connecting through communication, right? Mm -hmm. Actually listening to what the other person is saying and being interested rather than just saying, oh, I do this too and things like that. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Being interested. And, uh, and, you know, every guy isn't perfect at it guys can get better as they get more interested. Right. I think too, we don't want to be quick to judge or be like, oh my God, he didn't listen to every single thing I said. It wasn't perfect because that's also not reality. I think I used to live in that aspect of, well, every guy, you know, every nice guy is going to wait with, you know, bated breath of every word I say. You know, not not necessarily. Um, you know, because we want men that are also their own person. Oh yes, so we don't want guys worshiping us because then that means they have low self respect. Right, you know, right, totally. Holly, yeah, Hollywood also gives us that image. Oh yes, with guys that are worshiping us. <laughs> you don't. You don't want that. You no. Know, like how how masculine do you want your guy? You know, do you right. want a guy that's really masculine, or do you want? And and that that is a, a good thing for women to think about. If you want an alpha male, a guy mm-hmm. who is the captain of the football team kind of guy, right. very confident and sure of himself and that uh, is also very sensitive. I mean, uh-huh. they, this is my guy, but he's he's a very, he's like the, you know, he's the guy's guy. He's watching football. Yeah. I, I, can, I can think of not one feminine thing about him, but that's the kind of guy I want. I want it, but... He's also not going to be, you know, the guy that I can talk about my, uh, I don't know, the shoes I want to buy. I mean, I can to a certain degree. Uh-huh. Sometimes when I want more from him, I think, do I really want more right now? I really don't. Do you want <laughs> to go into depth? Do you want the guy that goes into depth on this topic? And then I'll say, yeah, I actually don't want that. So I'm kind of pushing for more, but that creates more femininity that I really don't want him to have. So we, we have to kind of test ourselves. Like, Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Like, you know, we might have a great story about our cat named Fluffy from when we were six years old. And, you know, is it really that interesting? Maybe it is. I don't know. But it's like the guy that, or, or the person who has the capacity to take in a long story about Fluffy is probably not also a super masculine alpha guy. And so I think we have to take these things into consideration because the guy's not going to be all things all the time, just like we are not going to be 
all things. You know, Absolutely, we yes. Yeah, we can't be the supermodel and then the cook and then the the perfect mom. And you know, it's like we can't do all that either. So he has to look at us and say, or look at you and say, I love these things about her, and she may not give me X Y Z, but I'm good with that. that yes, and it's matter. okay. Yes, yeah. We don't have to be everything. Yes, and yeah. we can't be. So, yes. yeah, I, I yeah. think. I, I used to paint the, it's so funny too, because my guy is every, everything I would have written on a list. Uh-huh. I got, I can't, I just, I still, I can't believe I get every, I get it all. I mean, I just like, I still, I'm like, I cannot believe all of these things are in the same person. Yet there are things that we irritate each other. We get into disagreements and all these mm-hmm. little things that when you finally meet the right person, you realize, oh yeah, so you are going to be irritated. You are going to get in arguments. You're not going to agree on everything. There will be things that get under your skin and then you then you start to go, oh yeah, these are normal problems. Right, right. And I'm sure you well, have the same thing with Oh yes, husband. absolutely. That's what real relationships are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, what the, that's what real relationships are. So yes. So tell us about how you met your amazing man. Yes. And like, how is it for you now? (laughs) Yeah. So we met online in New York city and I created, I called it the unicorn search where I put in, I thought I'm in New York city. I'm going to put in every single thing I can possibly think I would want. You know, I put in uh, you know, cause I was never married, no kids. So I want uh-huh. married, no kids, non-smoker, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I put in all these things. And then I put in a ridiculous height cause I'm almost 5'10 in my bare feet. So I wanted a guy that was over, what did I put in? Over 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I put in all these things and I think there were five dudes. And, you know, a lot of guys at that height are pretty skinny and lanky, but there was one guy uh-huh. And I thought, oh, he's cute. And I think I just winked or something. Whatever. I think it's the wink on match.com. I didn't even uh-huh. say anything. Then he wrote me this email. And I was like, oh my God, the unicorn is answering me. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> the unicorn. Like who meets these requirements? I mean, I put in my political preferences, my religious perspective, you know, everything. And so, yeah, so we, uh, we connected and um, we, we only went on a couple of dates and then he moved. So I thought, oh my God, I've met this great guy. What happened? And long story short, we reconnected at the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, the unicorn reached out to me. And uh, so th- it was just, I will tell you that the biggest thing I've learned about this relationship is mm-hmm. timing is everything. As we exchange stories of, it was a five-year span. We met and then it was five years later that he reached out to me. And so, wow, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But I, I said, why did you reach out to me after all this time? He's like, I just, I kept thinking about you and I would think about him over the years. And so, uh, yeah, so he reached out and we just started texting at first mm-hmm. and we text about very non-romantic things. In fact, for quite some time, I thought, what, why did he reconnect with me? Is there, is there any romance that's going to happen? Like, I just, <laughs> I was not sure how he felt because we only talked about 
politics. We talked about current events. We talked about, you know, life stuff, but he wasn't flirtatious at all. So I thought, well, did you just reconnect with me to talk about, you know, but we, we were just getting to know each other, right. which is also going to be weird because <laughs> for a lot of girls, like the, the good guys will spend time getting to know you because they absolutely do want yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. So that was almost, uh, we're closing in almost a year ago. Um, so yeah, it's been so wonderful to be, uh, so cared for, so loved and intellectually challenged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always wanted a guy that was smarter than me. Uh-huh. And then sometimes I have to re- remember you wanted a guy that was smarter than you. So sometimes I hate that he's always smarter than me. <laughs> you know, like why I sometimes like, why am I always wrong? And it's not that I'm wrong, per, but he just, he has more knowledge in certain areas and he's never condescending or rude or anything about it, but he does challenge me and I've grown so much. I think about the world differently and I, I, I have been told I'm intimidating. I've been told Mm -hmm. you wear too high of heels. You're intimidating. Your, your makeup is all, you're always so put together. You shouldn't be so put together. He doesn't care about any of that. Yeah. So Man, so beautiful, so awesome. Yes, I yeah. Totally wear your lashes, your heels, whatever you want to wear. Absolutely, girl, yeah. own it. <laughs> yes, yes. I, mean, I always tell my, uh, my girls, I'm like, never dull your awesomeness, never yes. dull your shine. Uh, be who you are. Yes, and your and man will love you for being who you are. <laughs> yeah, and you know what I realized is, I actually dulled myself. In the beginning, yeah, and I didn't realize I was doing it. I became aware of it, and I thought, "Oh, that's interesting. I'm hiding this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is so stupid." Do you know what I was hiding from him? I would get home and I would greet my dogs, and I would say, uh-huh. "Can you hang on a second? And then I would go, "Hi, baby girls. Oh, no. you were never like, "Oh, hi, Charlie, hi, Lucy." And I would do this whole greeting. Yeah, and my dogs require like a certain, you know, length of time. Oh, yeah. And, I get like, okay, I'm back. Well, eventually I stopped putting him on mute because, you know, we, I was like, whatever, I don't care if you hear. Yeah. And he loves my dog voice. (laughs) He's just like, oh my God, it's the cutest thing. And he loves, like, he just like thinks it's so adorable. And I thought, oh my God, I hid that because I thought I was being too much. Yeah. Why would I hide that? It's just, just a small example of, I, I still had, remaining things or I was afraid of being judged or I was afraid of being, um, rejected or like, Oh my God, really? You're going to talk to your dogs like that. But yeah, you're not going to be able to turn them off or, you know, once you, once you're in love, you're in love. I mean, there's just almost nothing they can do to make you feel any differently. So that's, that's been such a beautiful gift to be truly loved unconditionally. Yes. And being able to say, or, you know, I can get pretty opinionated about different topics. And I remember being that way with different guys. Yeah. And they would be like, you know, you're just, uh, you think you know everything just because I had an opinion and they hadn't formed one in that area. Right. And so, you know, my guy now will either agree with me or contribute or, but there's never a, it, there's never a, a feeling of I'm too much or I shouldn't have said that Absolutely. ever. Yeah. You know, my husband and I, we did this little relationship, like 30 days 
kind of uh, like one activity every day. And I think one of the days it was um, describe your partner, like pick three adjectives or something like that. And I always pick up uh, one of the ones he put there and he said, feisty. And I cracked up and he said, I love it that how you are so, you stand for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. right yeah it doesn't even if it makes somebody else uncomfortable because something means so much to me like I always speak my truth and he said I just love this about you mm-hmm. so and he even put it put on there he actually sent me a note and then he said you're gonna crack up when you see this I'm like I sure did <laughs> so yeah I love it. So, like some women might think fights if a man calls him feisty it's bad no it's like I just loved it mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I'm caring. Yeah, I'm attractive. Yeah, all that is good. But I think what I fell in love with was that feisty there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the individuality. And that's the thing that, man, I just feel like if girls knew, and this is the thing I want every woman to figure out about herself, is that all of the little idiosyncrasies of who you are, mm-hmm. There, whether you've discovered them or not, they're in there. Yes. And there are like I can I actually realize I can paint pretty well. But and I, you know what? I just thought I'm gonna get some paint brushes and some paint. I just liked the idea of paint brushes mm-hmm. like in a windowsill. I just felt attracted to that for some reason. And so it's just little things like that. Like maybe you maybe you should try painting, maybe you should try playing the piano. Like, what is it? And keep pursuing those. So, sometimes, right? Sometimes I paint once a year. It's not like a thing I do all the time, but it's something that's in there that I can that I know I can express when I want to. And doing gumball love was started with this desire to write about relationships, and I didn't really know where it was going. I didn't come up with gumball love until 2008, uh-huh. and I was writing about relationships in 2004. So four years ago, four years before I even started formulating Gumball Love, there was just these little seeds of things. And we, if I could just, oh, tell every girl, like, water those seeds. Yes. Any glimmer of something you see on TV, something you look at on Pinterest, websites you go to, like, start paying attention to yourself and, and look at why do you, do you like certain colors? Look at your closet. What colors are in there that you're attracted to? Right. What is your style? I mean, all of the things and really try to block out what everyone else is doing and just think of what am I actually trying? Like Kara Alwell is such a mentor for me in this area because she really taught me to just go with what my gut felt. Yes. When I was building Gumball up, she would say, forget what everyone else is saying you should do with your business. What do you think your girls need? And that was like, life-changing. And so I just love that. Yeah. I just got done with my mastermind with her um, Mm -hmm. on Monday. And this is one thing I told her. I said, what I have taken from here is that do it your way. Do what makes you happy. Do what lights you up. Don't follow what anybody is saying out there. Oh, you have to have X number of followers before you can start a podcast. You have to be this way or that way. And I'm like, this is one huge thing that I've learned from you, Kara. I told her, I'm like, just do what lights you up and you will see the results. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because so, yeah. then 
when you're when you're lit up, then you see the people that are that are ignited by that light. And then yes. you see the people that are jealous of the light. You see the people that are intimidated by the light, right? Shy away from it. And after a period of a few years of really putting these practices in place and going through friendships that I had to kind of sort of let go, I didn't, I don't, very few times did I have to ever dramatically end a friendship. There were some times though I really did. I had to cut a couple people out and just say, I'm so sorry, I can no longer continue this relationship. But it felt really good yes. to do that because I knew that the old me would have tried to sell them on why but I knew I needed to let it go. And, and it was a beautiful thing. And so now in present day, I don't have any toxic relationships in my life. I don't have things that are mm-hmm. you know, creating issues or f- bad feelings, but it took me a while to yes. develop that confidence to finally work all of that out. And so it's a process. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with others around you. I mean, therapy is... I should have said at the beginning, like therapy was a huge component and a partner in this journey. I still talk to my therapist to this day yeah, uh, and check in because it's so important to continue. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Because our, our childhood stuff is huge. It is. And absolutely. Don't you feel like you cannot, this is the one thing I don't feel like we should burden our significant others with is our childhood oh, trauma. Yes. No, they are not our therapists. No. No. And they can support us through certain things, but Absolutely. a lot of guys are not equipped to, and girls too. I mean, sometimes oh, yeah. we tell our friends something and they stare at us. They actually don't know what to tell us. No, and they so, don't. yeah, they're like, I, I use this analogy. If you have a broken leg, you don't go over to your friend's house to fix it. Mm-hmm. You go to the hospital. I love that. I absolutely love that. I know. So like, sometimes I, but we have this relative in our family where we call him like, he's, he's over bleeding on our couches and stuff. (laughs) Go go to the hospital, like go to people that can help you. Like you can, you can bleed all my couch all you want, but I can't, I I do not have the knowledge. Like I can't do brain surgery on you. I cannot fix your broken leg. I don't, I literally don't know what to do to help you. And he keeps regurgitating these same childhood traumas and he's just bleeding out everywhere and he won't go to the people that can stop the bleeding. And so that's another thing too. If you're, if you meet a great guy and you start bleeding out everywhere and he's like, Oh my God, there's a broken leg and the the bones poking through the skin. And, and you're like, come on, help me. He, he legitimately doesn't know what to do. He's going to feel useless. He's going to feel like, I'm so sorry. I don't know how to help you. Right. Right. Yes. It's too much. Beautiful, beautiful. I so loving this conversation and so much goodness in here, Melissa. So tell us where the girls can find you. uh, What do you have going on? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, right now I'm in the process of writing a book, which please don't put me any deadlines on me right now. Yes, I I want to get this all in a book. So I am still doing one-on-one clients. I have my academy on hold right now. I'll probably be making some changes to that. Uh, So I'm looking for women right now that are wanting to commit to doing three, six sessions that they they want to actually commit to maybe a more in-depth journey. So I'm working with one-on-one clients. And I have a weekly podcast every Monday, a new episode comes out. 
So, and you will be my featured guest on next week's podcast. So that will come out, I believe, November 2nd. Uh, so everyone can catch, uh, our interview with you on that, on that podcast. So podcast writing, and, uh, I have a very great one-on-one coaching practice with some amazing women. And, you know, as we've, we've talked about deep things, so it's, it's a, it's a big journey. And I really believe when you have coaches like yourself or like me that can be there with you and, and be that support system, that you don't put on your friends, your family, or your significant other. It's, it's such a beautiful gift to give to yourself. So um, my website is gumballlove.com or melissaledger.com. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-L-E-G-E-R. No D in my last name. Uh, so you can go to either one. They'll both take you to the same place. And I'm the Melissa Ledger on Instagram because... There's another Melissa Ledger who never uses Instagram and doesn't (laughs) respond to my DMs. (laughs) I'll put all your information in the show notes so everybody can connect with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was such an honor. I'm so happy for you and your new podcast. This is such a, you have such a great story, so much to offer, so many women. So everyone is so lucky to have you in their life. So I'm, I'm so excited to see what comes for you. Thank you so much, Melissa. It was such an honor to have you and such fun conversation. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you have loved this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you really love this episode, I'd love if you beauties can leave me a review. For more love and dating advice, join my private Facebook community, Limitless Love. And for daily inspiration and fun, come hang out with me on Instagram at Sony Healthy. Until next time.